All right, final hour of the big show this week. Final hour of the week. Man, this week is flying by. Shows are going to take an interesting tack next week, Rooster. At least we're going to have playoff football to talk about. Yep. But that's it, always the that's always the most depressing part is when your team, when your team is done, and you have to talk about the rest of the National Football League and put and three, Chris, count them, three of your division rivals in the playoffs. Three. That's going to be wacky to watch. Just think, if up. the Commanders didn't throw up all over themselves, there could have been four. Could have been four. For no the doubt. first time ever. Yep, could, no doubt. And, and in theory, then, they probably feel they're not that far away. Uh, real quick before we get back to the calls, we were talking about quarterbacks. And I, I want to throw this example at you. In the illustrious career of this quarterback, we'll see if you can figure out who I'm talking about. Okay? 18, 18 playoff games. Career record, 8-10. and 10. Okay? 32 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. A completion percentage in the playoffs of 56%. He lost his last game 62-7 to in the playoffs. Dan Marino. Yes. Now, I ask you this. I, I won't forget. I, I knew that as soon as – I mean, I didn't know all those numbers. As soon as you said that, I'd never forget the end of the Jimmy Johnson-Dan Marino era. Yeah. I mean – he threw for against the Jaguars, right? I yes, think. that's correct. Yeah. He threw for 422 in a loss to Buffalo in '95 in the playoffs. 323 in a loss to Buffalo in '90. We know how good those those Bills teams were, obviously, at that time. 421 in a win over Pittsburgh in '85. It was January of '85. It's the '84 regular season. So. Those were the highlights of his playoff career. Otherwise, he's under 300 yards in a lot of these games. Mm -hmm. You know, in his one Super Bowl appearance, he was 29 of 50, 318, a TD, and two interceptions. He got got sacked four times, got beat by the 49ers, 38 to 16. Now, the 26 teams that passed on Dan Marino, were were they correct in passing on Dan Marino, who individually put up amazing numbers as an NFL quarterback. Nine-time Pro Bowler, MVP of the 84 season, mm-hmm. three-time All-Pro. Were they were they incorrect? Were those teams incorrect for passing on him? Because we all, to this day, say that's one of the more egregious, you know, draft, you know, draft mistakes that NFL teams have made. Um you know, because of because of Dan Marino's career and how it worked out. Were they wrong? Were those 26 teams wrong in passing on Dan Marino? Well, yes, obviously. They, they, they have to be wrong because he's one of the greatest pure passers, if not the, in the history now, if you trade of the up, NFL. All right, if you trade up for that guy mm-hmm. and he has that career, mm-hmm. is that considered – a good trade? Yes. Be- because even though he ultimately did not win a Super Bowl. He only and- went to one. I know. And only went to one. And they lost, uh, I think it was the Bills' third, or maybe it was their fourth trip to the Super Bowl. One of those two. Uh, they lost the AFC Championship game at home to the Bills. 
Um, so denying him a second trip to the Super Bowl and obviously another crack at winning one, and they wouldn't have won it against the Cowboys. Um, b- but, like, like, if you are just a bottom-line guy, like, nothing else matters except did you win the game and did you win Super Bowls, there's no context, then ultimately... Isn't that why you trade up for a quarterback, though? You trade up because you think that guy can well, get, well, sure. you, get you there. Sure, but ultimately, if you're just... If you, if you have no context, if you have no layers, then Dan Marino failed. Okay? But I don't think there's anybody reasonable, especially when we've... St- Again, cited how many terrible trades there have been. Right. Truly terrible trades. And I'm just saying, Chris, because you trade up. Here's I what know. happens if you trade up, okay? You trade up in that MVP year in 84. They went 14-2, and two, okay? They were amazing that year. There, there, there's no doubt about that. 13-4, and 8-8, 7 7-5, 6-10, 8-8, 12-4, 8-8, 11-5. Got hurt in 93, 4-1 when he got hurt. 10-6 and six the following year, 9-5, and 7-6. Played 13 games in, in 96. 9 and 7, 10 and 6, played 11 games his last year, went 5 and 6. So you trade up for that guy. The Dolphins obviously didn't. He fell in their lap at 27. But if you were to trade up and you got that kind of record, that kind of inconsistency in terms of record, making a huge deal for that quarterback, which in today's world, everybody would be breaking their neck to get up there. Uh, to to try and draft Dan Marino, and you get those results, is that considered a good trade? I, I mean, I, like everything has context. It, it has. I mean, Chris, he had a four year run where they went eight and eight, seven and five, six and ten, eight and eight. I know, but everything has con- like. What I remember of Dan Marino's career, and I was still a, a young guy, but old enough, obviously, to watch many of his games. And, and, and but, but follow- I'm, Chris, it doesn't matter. Take his name off of it, okay? Take uh-huh. his name off of it. But I give you those numbers. You you give up two ones, two ones, a two, and, and a player to go along with it mm-hmm. to get up there and get the rights to this player. And he comes out of the box 7-2, 14-2 league MVP, 12 and 4, 8 and 8, 7 and 5, 6 and 10, 8 and 8. You go four straight years. Right. Early without enough, making a, early without on making in his career season. in 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 his app or in what should be his absolute prime. Yeah. I, I mean but but that's why you should like okay. My our, point is this is such a crapshoot that Of course. But that doesn't up, mean that you should double down and make stupid non-level non-common sense level mistakes, right? The the over aggressiveness to get a guy, the guy, to hope that you are right is it, it t- to me is dumb. Okay, it, it, again, you like Cincinnati did it after many years of do, doing it wrong. Cincinnati did it right. They were lucky. They were in the one spot. They said, "Nope, Joe Burrow. We're going to take him. We're not moving up. We're not. You know, we're not, we're not trading down." We're convinced Joe Burrow is their guy. We, they convinced his people that, hey, we're going to surround him, blah, 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 Ohio native, this, that, and the other thing, and it's worked out perfect. Okay? Now, maybe it didn't – maybe it wasn't going to work out perfect. Remember, he tore his ACL here in Washington in his mm. first year, right? You, mm. you never know how a guy's going to recover from that. 
I mean, uh, I, but it's worked out perfectly, okay? When you are desperate, you make more mistakes. Sometimes, again, you wind up smelling like roses. Oftentimes, you wind up smelling like poop, okay? Um, period. When you're desperate. Now, you're, again, citing like a quarterback and his team's record, there are many minions in the media and fans that are going to say, well, he just doesn't win. Again, those Dolphins and, 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 and quantifying, quantifying, uh, note the defense on those teams was brutal. It it was not good. Yeah. You, you, you know, who, um, uh, was the defensive coordinator of those teams. His son, I just spent uh, probably about 10 minutes with a couple of weeks ago at FedEx Field. Hmm. Trying to think. Well, Arnsbarger was 82. No. Because Washington beat them. Right. So who who followed Arnsbarger there as the D coordinator? Tom Olivadotti. Oh, Kirk uh, Kirk Olivadotti's dad? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, but again, that's front office not going to get him yeah. personnel either. Well, right. And, and 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 the other thing about Marino, in his prime, he never had a great running game or a great defense. I mean, you had, you know, the, eventually they drafted and developed Zach Thomas and and all of that stuff and Jason Taylor and whatever. By the way, and, and by the way, we talk about protecting the football and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. In his MVP season, Dan Marino threw 17 interceptions. Yeah. The following year, he threw 21. The year right. after that, 23. Now, listen, a high vo- 13, I mean, 23, 22. There's a high volume of throws there, too, right? I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but he was throwing probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, know, he threw. For that, for that era, he was probably throwing well above what anyone else was throwing. He, in, in that stretch from 84, the MVP year through 1992, okay? He threw 564, 567, 623 in the shortened season, 444, 606, 550, 531, 549, and 554 passes. In four of those years, he threw for over 4,000 yards. One of them in the MVP year, he threw for 5,000. None of those numbers would would be extreme now because there's so many dum-dums out there that believe you should throw 80% of the time. Okay, right. But even for people like Grant who love to throw the pill all over the field. Okay, if I got a quarterback that's throwing 17, 21, 23, 23, 22 interceptions, aren't we killing that guy sometimes on Monday when we when we come in here? You you are, with the exception of are, are those number of interceptions going along with 350 per game and three or four touchdowns? No, no, you're not. No, because in 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 80, let's see. In 86, 23 interceptions. Oh, no. The, the year after the MVP year, mm-hmm. okay? thirty In the MVP year, he went 48 and 17. The year after that, he threw three more passes. He went from 64% completion percentage to 59, mm-hmm. from 5,000 to 4,100, 30 TDs, 21 interceptions. Mm. I don't know the personnel that he lost. Maybe they lost somebody to injury or whatever plan B so my, free my, agency. But again, at though, that my point, point is. Know. That's a player, Chris, right. that right now you would back up the Brinks truck for it. You'd send three ones, whatever right. it took but nobody, to draft but the right to your to this point, player. Nobody thought Dan Marino was going to be that good. Right? 
I mean, I mean, I mean it wasn't gifted that, dude. Wasn't that the draft class, the 83 draft? Uh, Ken yeah. O'Brien, Boomer. Ken O'Brien, yeah, sure. Uh, who was the New England the crappy, Tony Eason? Tony Eason, the crappy quarterback that New England. I shouldn't say crappy. I mean, but. 89, 89, he goes 8 and 8, 24 TDs, 22 interceptions. Yeah. And, and, and far away from your one Super Bowl appearance. You go through that stretch of four years, Chris, yeah. where they would have been two games under 500 over a four year period. We're killing that guy. We're killing him. I think Dan Marino probably got some more criticism than maybe some of us thought back then. I I seem to remember that. Um, but, but I'm just however, saying that's that's a guy that you are that's a guy you are given that you are backing up the Brinks trunk right. and sending all the picks you need to right. get that player. And in the first six years, first seven years, but first six is a starter full time. You're talking about a guy. That would make one Super Bowl appearance, mm-hmm. and in the final four years of that six-year stretch, would be two games under five hundred. Yeah, we're crushing that guy Monday morning, for the most part, for not living up to, um, you know, that, that like '84 is like the RG three year. Everything looks great. Everybody's excited. Oh, we're going gangbusters. We're going to the playoffs multiple times. This guy's going to carry us to the Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden you find out, well, well, no, that's that's not the case. The music stops. So I'm just saying, you got to be careful. You as, as you say, you know, we want to be up at you know number ten, so we can trade up uh, and potentially get that guy. You just just doing that doesn't guarantee, as you cited correctly, the RG three trade, and and I cite Dan Marino here. Those numbers by any quarterback metric. Gets that guy crushed and the organization crushed uh, over a four-year period. That that that's exactly if if, if RG 3s career probably stays here, and, and that's probably kind of what the record might have been. Yeah. So I also think there's more pressure and more spotlight and more data and more everything in today's era obviously than when Dan Marino was playing like if what? Dan Marino was playing in this era a lot of people would be like wow Dan Marino look at that cannon for an arm but then they would probably give him kind of the Justin Herbert treatment yeah but and and Herbert and the Chargers have made yeah, but the nobody playoffs. nobody's been killing Herbert the no, last couple I, years I, I know but I mean I, I mean people, kill, look they blamed it on Anthony Lynn no 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 I I, and, I, under, I understand but I'm I'm saying and and Herbert didn't deserve to get treated but, but what I'm saying is they they similar type quarterbacks I, that, that's a great example um, I think it's a great example on your part but well done but but I guess if Herbert and the Chargers didn't make the playoffs this year Staley still would have taken the criticism to your point Anthony Lynn did. Right, um, lost him his job. Right, but but I guess what I'm saying is the spotlight is so much more harsher now than it was when Dan Marino was playing. So to your point, Dan Marino would have probably been criticized a lot more than he actually was if Twitter and social media and so yeah, on and so pro, forth. Yeah, because pro football focus can yeah. start breaking down all those right. throws in a 24-touchdown, 22-interception right. season. You might wind up with uh, 29 turnover-worthy and, plays. And our fit right there. You th- you're, yeah. See, this is why this show is good. Yeah. You and I are right on the same telepathy right. right there. Because, look, what's the one stat that we keep killing Taylor Heineke for, Chris? Turnover-worthy throws. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but but it's why you can't just use 
I mean, the the bottom line result of, of what we're talking about here, in any era, in any situation, you can't just use one set of data or one statistic or one point to make your overall point. You have to have layers and you have to have context to everything, to everything. And sometimes you get lost in the woods sometimes with context, but you have to have context. Again, I, I used this example earlier. Do you know what Peyton Manning's career record as a quarterback in the postseason was? Not very good. Yeah. It was um, 9 and 10 in Indianapolis, and it was 5 and 3 in Denver, in which clearly his last year at least, he did nothing. Right. Okay. 14 and 13 overall. And some people think that Peyton Manning's the greatest quarterback ever to walk the planet Earth. Uh, guess what? Go kick all the rocks. He's not. I mean, he had first rounder after first rounder after first rounder after first rounder up the freaking wazoo, and he could barely win above 500 in terms of his his overall play, his team's play with all of that talent. And yes, they were going against Belichick and the Patriots and Brady a lot, but not all the time. There were plenty of years where they lost to Pittsburgh and San Diego and uh, and 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 you know Indianapolis, uh, not Indianapolis, uh, and other teams with good three, four D. My point being is, if you just look at one set of data, oh, what's this Peyton Manning guy? But then when you look at the big picture, right? You 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 zoom out instead of zooming in. You look at what Peyton Manning did in the regular season. You look at what Peyton Manning did here and there. And, you know, he did win two Super Bowls. And he did uh, go to a different team. And, he, re you know, all this stuff. Of course, then that allows you to kind of see the 360 view. But if you just zero in on one particular set of data or one thing, yeah, you're going to walk away going, eh, what, what's the, what, you know, what's the hype? But in nowadays, Pete, with all of this data, there is a there is a chance that you could have paralysis by analysis. But I do believe that if you use, I don't know, 10 sets of data or 10 points of data, you are going to get the better answer than if you just use one. Does that make sense? Yep. I think it's one of the smartest segments we've done since we've been doing the show. I mean, it just uh, because, again, Dan Marino's a guy, every general manager right now. If you put that quarterback's talent on a body right now, everybody is breaking their neck to make a deal to get up to that guy, to get up to make that trade. And it's if you go and, and you have the same kind of stats, it's the kind of stats that might get a general manager fired today. It really might. So you got to be careful when you when you go up there and you see that glamorous guy sitting up there at the top of the draft. We'll finish it up with your calls next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Every line is lit. Let's get to you. Let's finish strong here on a Friday. Final regular season Friday on the Team Nine. Pedro, you, you, you just before we do that, you know who's here in studio? He walked in with the legend, the DOC. I heard. Oh, I, you've already I, been told. I have a T-shirt from their podcast because I, I was mean, a guest on their podcast. Toothpick is the I man. Got a toothpick. 
I mean, look, like, like, think about you, this. We have some great people that call this show and listen to these stations and do podcasts and all that. I wish I could give them as much shine or whatever. Like, you know, like if Paulie walked in here, he'd probably <laughs> have an ice pick to put between my eyes. Toothpick comes in, gives me a big old hug. We went and got a cup of coffee together. You I know, mean, I'm telling you, you know who this is going to tilt, and Doc will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. This is going to tilt one Clarence Goldsboro. Uh-oh. Good old Clay. Because Clay is a Cowboys, a Cowboys fan. Cowboys fan, right. Well, yeah. Toothpick, I didn't realize this is from uh, – it lives in Fort Worth, Texas. I know. In Cowboy know. country. He's from here, but he won't move back here because he says the weather sucks here. Oh, dude, Fort Worth outside – the only bad thing is we got to get the calls. Fort Worth. The humidity. Oof. Bad ice storms this time of year. Yeah. Other than that, it's a great place to live. So – and the humidity sucks. All right, let's start line four. Sabah's up first. What's up, Sabah? Hey there, guys. Uh, you tell Toothpick that I'm still waiting for my shirt. He oh. keeps promising me the T-shirt. I'm the only one that has one. I've been <laughs> on this podcast twice. Look at okay. that. She's made more guest appearances than me. Wait, you've been a guest on, to- on Toothpick's podcast? Yes. I have. I, I, mean, I have enjoyed every moment. And I, I tell you, once you get to talking, two hours goes by quickly. I know. Sabah, like, you know, I, I I think Pete and I and Matt kind of deserve a little bit of credit for that because we, we've turned you into Absolutely. a little bit of a rock star. Yes, sir. And I want to go in the studio with you guys. That's my dream. I want to be on with y'all in studio. Help do the show. That would be awesome. Here, Here's what you can do. Make a $5,000. I won't even charge Make a $5,000 donation of Best Buddies. And I'll let you do whatever you want. <laughs> Money is everything, isn't it? I tell you. I, tell well, you I don't. Know, they say I don't that, want um, your. I don't want your money. I want to raise money for a great cause. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, you know, privilege in this country. It ain't. It ain't any color but green, baby. Well, green is the privilege. I, I tell you. It. So it works worldwide. It's the worldwide language. Uh, anyhow, these uh, quarterback things you guys are talking about. You know me, I'm big on uh, – I like to look in between the lines. I don't – I'm with you. Uh, no, wait, maybe I'm not with you, Chris. I do not want to move up at all. I don't want to be aggressive because then you've basically anointed. The guy will come in and be captain, just like, you know, Captain uh, Haskins and Captain RG3, and then we get Captain Wentz and Captain Fitz. Nobody earned it. Captain uh, Chase Young, nobody earned it when they got here, but they were captain. So I don't want none of that, uh, you know – the thing about Dan Snyder's regime is the biggest downfall is not they can't find a quarterback. They want to find the quarterback that, that they deemed is the right quarterback. We've already let, uh, let's see, Stan Humphreys go. We let Rich Gannon go. We let Brad Johnson go. All those went to Super Bowls and one one one. Uh, we let uh, Kirk Cousins obviously go. Trent Green, oh, we didn't sign. Um and uh, now, of course, you know, we're going to let Taylor go. So, you know, because uh, no one wants to believe that he can actually play the game. Um, so I don't want to move up anywhere. I don't trust this regime. It's like giving uh, uh, Stevie Wonder the keys to the Corvette. There's no reason. It's just going to crash. So the best thing we can have is Howell look good so they can just stay with him for next year. Heineke can get out of here unless there's a new coaching regime. And I want to ask you guys one question. If there, your scenario, where we were number one pick in the draft, let's say, instead of number two, and we had Haskins on there and um, the Rivera's first year, if he would have dared pick Burrow, Burrow would have been the next Kirk Cousins because the owner's guy was Haskins. 
and Burrow would have been treated like Kurt, and his career would have went nowhere. He would have been the bad guy, and he would not be the Joe Burrow we know today. So that's my take on that, guys. Sabah, so appreciate you. 301 Let's go to line five. Jeff's in Vienna. What's up, Jeff? Well, that just scared me. Any comparison about Joe Burrow being on the Commanders, that's for sure. (laughs) That that put a dent in my Friday. So uh, we just got the notice about the ticket refund from the Bengals this morning since the game is now canceled. So um, I'm not sold on all these coin flip scenarios and everything. So we'll we'll just have to see what comes out of of all these meetings today. Um, Chris, I I have a different take than you – think about trading up for a quarterback what's the second biggest need in the draft for the commanders you mean what if some guy like michael meyer fell or kaylee ringo or uh brian Brissee fell into your lap at 14 or 15 would you be happier about that than a quarterback uh i mean i don't know enough about those guys right now <laughs> to be yeah, honest with I, you that's a better question for pete um i i I mean, like, I'm I'm not of the thought that you have to do everything, that you have to be hell-bent on doing whatever it takes for a quarterback. Again, I and I saluted the Bengals. You know, now, again, maybe they got lucky, but they weren't hell-bent on doing anything and everything to get a quarterback. And maybe that cost them. I don't know. But they got lucky in the right year, and they were the number one overall pick. And, oh, by the way, Joe Burrow. And sometimes it works out that way. But too many teams start chasing, and when you're desperate, you make mistakes. When you're, when you're chasing out of desperation, you make many more mistakes than, you know, than you have successes. Yeah, the, the thing you don't want to do is trade up for a guy like Will Levis, who I think is going to be a total bum. Um, but you know, that's why you have scouts and scouting departments and GMs. And, but I, I, I would say shift your focus to possibly what is the second biggest need on the team behind quarterback and maybe hope that that falls somewhere in that 14 to 17 range in the draft. So have a good weekend guys. Thanks, Thank Jeff. you. Good luck Appreciate to your boys. You. Uh, let's go to line three. Dump truck. Don is next. What's up, Don? My God, I've been on the hold for two hours. Well, um, let, let's uh, let, let's not start with that. What? It was like fifty-one minutes. No, I called the first time in the first hour, and I was on hold for an hour. Well, I, I don't and know. Then I had to call back. I didn't. I didn't, I, didn't I didn't see I didn't, that. All I can, all I can do yeah. is tell you what my computer screen says. It says fifty minutes right now. Fifty-eight minutes right now, but okay. that's okay. Um, the whole thing with Taylor Heineke and Sabah. Listen. The dude turned the ball over. It's not all about interceptions. He turned the ball over 28 times in 26 games. He's good for one and a half, all right? He's good for turnovers every game. That's why they don't win. Part of the reason they don't win, all right? Um, Ron and company, basically, they they got to go. The whole organization, all the decision makers, I mean, everybody, I guess, under Doug Williams, they've got to go. They don't know what they're doing. You got people like uh, the last caller said that uh, Tom Landry was in the Ring of Fame. Please, dude, there's no way in hell Tom Landry's in the Ring of Fame. I think he got it. I think he got it confused, Don. I think he got it confused with Vince Lombardi. Yeah, that—that's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, 
That's what I was trying to figure out. I don't think he's in, I don't think he's gonna bring a fight. I looked it up. I've seen fifty people on that thing. And I've seen two coaches. All right. And I see was it Wayne Curry, who was the I guess got credited for bringing the stadium to Landover, so they put him in the ring of fame. But yeah, other than that, nah, he ain't in that joint, man. But like I said, Ron and his whole company, they're perennial losers in Carolina and he brings everybody who he got fired with up to Washington. It's almost reminiscent of uh, your boy uh, from Tampa Bay, uh, Bruce Allen, when he brought all that garbage up here and they sucked for 10 years. It's the same thing. Now, what you know is who you know. And you got to get rid of that stuff, man, because people like Scott Turner, y'all think is, is, is okay. He's not, Joe. You don't run – you don't run f- inside, the, uh, inside the five-yard line, why are you running shotgun running plays? You want to get to the goal line through the goal line, not take extra steps behind the joint and allow people to get in there with a, a line that they ain't working. Offense line is not working there well. You don't run sweeps. You don't you go straight forward, man. That's not – they're running opposite of what their strength is. It's like being a, a mauler like Braun Strowman and trying to flip over the ropes. Like, uh, and you look like <laughs> look like what's the name? Uh, Slop Dollar from the WWE. And I got breaking news for you. I got breaking news. This man is back. He is back. Done deal. Yep. He's back now. Yeah, he's back. So don't be surprised you see him tonight, man. He Y'all appreciate be you, Don. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Don. Thank you, Don. And we, we, of course, love our guy, Top Dollar, Mr. A.J. Francis. Let's Absolutely. Let's go to line two. Junior's in Fort Meade. What's up, Junior? Good morning, gentlemen. Junior. Um, morning, Chris. As far as the Frank Herzog, Sonny Jurgensen thing goes, this is what happens when you bring people in who don't know the history of your team or organization. And Jason just doesn't get it. He didn't understand the Sean Taylor thing. He doesn't understand this. My guess is he probably doesn't even know who Frank Herzog is. Um, and Ron should know better. He's been a part enough of enough legacy organizations to know what teams mean to communities. Uh, so I put that on him. As far as the game goes this weekend, uh, I was, I've been one of these guys who've been in wrong. We trust guys. I didn't like the, the move back to Carson Wentz, but I said, in wrong, we have to trust. But this game here, they're setting Sam Howell up to fail. And I think most of us who've watched the NFL long enough know when you set a quarterback up to fail and he fails miserably, it's hard to recover from that. And most of them don't. Um, I want them to win this weekend. I know, Chris, you love to call anybody who disagrees with you dumb-dumb. Or uh, no, 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 no. Yes, you no. did. You said, yes, you did. You said the fans who don't understand this are too stupid to, know, to have common sense to know that they should want to lose. That's exactly what you said. I can forgive all that when you say that about us fans. I can't forgive when you blatantly lie to people and like you did. So that's what. I get upset more about than anything else when you lie to people. Ah, when I lie. Yesterday, okay. yesterday, Chris, Chris said, or Pete asked you point blank, "Have you ever tried to polish a turd?" And you said, "No." <laughs> we all know you own a mirror. We know you own mirrors. We know you look in them every single day. So we know you've tried to polish those turds. So when you lie, I can't forgive that, sir. Uh, okay. So thank you, Junior. <laughs> Junior, have a good Bye, weekend, guys. buddy. <laughs> I mean, like I said, he is unfortunately our show ombudsman. Rooster getting that liquid gold out to polish up that turd when uh, he's done with it. I mean, listen, if you if 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 you disagree with me and your point makes no sense at all, then you're a dum dum. <laughs>
I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just the way it works. Go down to line seven. Steve's listening on the Odyssey app in Houston. What's up, Steve? Steve-O. Fellas, happy new year. How man. are you, pal? Few... Hey, doing good, man. Doing good. A little bit of draft talk. I'm going to get uh, Pete fired up here. And, and Roost, I know you don't really hop onto the draft stuff until yeah. season's over. So I'm, I'm going to get you guys fired up. So here's the deal. Totally agree with you. You know, Sunday's game, God, I, I, I wish I could just cheat and do both, win and get draft position, but that's not the real world, right? So you got to lose, get up the better draft position. You know, it it's just all the benefits. You're in closer striking distance if you want to move up. And then you can acquire more equity, like in case if you want to move back as well. So this is what I say. Get to, I think, um, if we if the four teams before us lose and then we lose, I think we get up to 10 or 11 like you guys were talking about. But here's the big thing, too. So we'll get a nice, solid player this year, a contributing starter. But then I'm pushing all the chips at the table. Get ready for it, Pete. For number 13, I have to admit he went to Gonzaga. But you're gonna are so, you gonna be bad enough to be are you gonna be bad enough to get him is the question. Watch my response. You make yourself bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? You make my you make yourself bad enough to pick up the hometown Gonzaga Eagle. Oh, that's just like spitting out oil since I'm a Carroll graduate, but you got to move up. You got to put yourself in position to get him for the, what's that? The 2024 draft. He will be the number one pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got to get him. So we'll, let's get a contributing starter this week, this year. And then the following draft, Mr. Caleb Williams needs to be back home, rocking the burgundy and gold for the commanders. And then I don't know if you guys saw this a couple of weeks ago, Sean Payton, was on Colin uh, Cowherd, you guys' favorite, <laughs> hint, hint. Um, he was on Colin Cowherd's show, and he says he believes the NFL is possibly going to go to a lottery system because um, he was saying when he was coaching, you know, he knows well aware of so many teams tanking, you know, and the strategies that they use to tank. Mm-hmm. So he can see the NFL at some point going to a lottery, which would be very interesting. Every sport has done it. I mean, baseball, hockey, and... uh, And the NFL loves made-for-TV events. That's a made-for-TV event. Right. Just like the schedule release. (laughs) You know, stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. Good point, Steve. Appreciate you, man. we got to fit three more in here before we get to the... uh, You know, by the way, want to get... For Steve and the rest of them listening... Uh, when you're trying to find a bona fide starter, interior offensive lineman, keep an eye on the name John Michael Schmitz. Just keep an eye on that name. John Jingleheimer Schmitz? Uh, something like that uh, for the 2023 draft if Washington's looking for interior offensive line. It's going to line eight, Clyde's in Forestville. What's up, Clyde? Hey, what's up, guys? I just want to say, man, uh, you know, like y'all say, it's, it's a crapshoot, you know. Uh, and if you um, – want to justify how, you know, uh, as far as how good a quarterback is going to be by winning the Super Bowl. I just think about Jim Kelly was a great quarterback and never won a Super Bowl. And that's how that and, and unlike Dan Marino, a good good point, Clyde. But unlike Dan Marino, uh, he got to four Super Bowls. You know, Dan got there one time that MVP season of nineteen eighty four, and then chased it the rest of his career. At least Jim Kelly got there. Uh, because they they at least had some semblance of defense. They had a little bit of defense, unlike the Dolphins who had no defense. Uh, remember Daryl Talley, 
going down the sideline, telling his teammates with uh, blurred looks in their faces, they're not that good. Well, he found out Washington was indeed that good. And, of course, we close up shop here on this Friday. Last but not least, he's a beast, Paulie in Norfolk. What's up, Paulie? Hell to the W, man. What's good? Cut feet. What's up, How buddy? How you doing, man? Rufio, what's going on with you, brother? How you doing today, man? Hi, Paulie. How are you? Yeah. See what happens with Cousin Pete's in the building, man. I ain't on the hole for an hour, man. Family. <laughs> hey, Sabah. Sabah. Don't worry about not getting a T-shirt from Two Fit, man. I, I, was on a, I was a co-host on the show, and I had to make my own merchandise. You know what I mean? He, <laughs> he did give me some wristbands, though, man. <laughs> I even got fired. You know what I mean? Wait, I'll say this, though. He did give me a severance pay when he fired me, so it was all good. You know? He's my guy. I mean, he did. Let's let be true. He fired me. I got fired for a Dallas fan, but it's, it's okay. You know what I mean? Hey, look, man. Ron had his chance at this quarterback thing two years in a row. Now, now I told you this yesterday, uh, 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 Rufio. Like, there's a conflict of interest for me now. I don't need him picking a quarterback uh, even in the draft or in free agency because it's a conflict of interest because he's basically trying to save his job and not do his best for the organization. Because actually his best for the organization at this point is moving up in the draft and getting uh, whoever falls behind C.J. Stroud or, or Bryce Young. Whatever the, whoever don't go one is who they should be getting. You know, because Ron had his chance at 20 with Justin Herbert. And, and I argue with seeing this all the time. Well, we didn't know Justin Herbert. No, I don't want to hear that, man. Justin Herbert went three picks behind Chase Young. Look at the quarterbacks he had on the roster that year. Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith. He brought in Kyle Allen. He didn't want Dwayne Haskins. So that leads us back to Dan Snyder also. He's trying to appease Dan Snyder. Oh, I can make it work with, with Dwayne. We'll see. Same thing with Jay Gruden when he came into RG3. Knowing he didn't want RG3, oh, we could make it work with RG3. But in the back of his mind, he knew he had Kirk Cousins. See, Ron didn't have – his Ron's fallback was Kyle Allen. So I don't – like everybody else say, I don't trust these dudes with getting a, 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 a quarterback. So at this point, they need to go – uh, best offensive lineman available, or even move back in the draft and pick up more picks because everybody out like, oh, we dodged a bullet. We're not having to give up a second round pick for Carson Wentz. Hey, third round picks are starters too. You know what I mean? Go down the board, go down the league. See how many third round picks made the Pro Bowl? How many third round picks are starters in this league? So we basically gave up a starting pick. So, man, hey, I'll take that off, man. Hail to the W, man. Y'all have a great Appreciate afternoon. Appreciate you, Paulie. 301-230-0980. Doc standing by with Burgundy and Gold today at the top of the hour. Chris tells us what's trending. All right, as we noted earlier in the show, Bill safety Damar Hamlin not only progressing, as we've all detailed over the last couple of days through doctors, but also addressing his Buffalo Bills teammates as a group this morning via FaceTime, according to multiple reports, after his breathing tube was taken out by doctors overnight. Uh, again, addressing the Buffalo Bills in advance of their Week 18 game. Certainly that should buoy their spirits a little bit. Commanders getting ready for the Cowboys. 425 regular season finale. A bunch of guys, as uh, expected, not practicing once again, including Brian Robinson and um, – Cameron Curl and others, uh, according to multiple reports, out of Ashburn. Meanwhile, 
The Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals will play this Sunday. Now, the winner of the game, if it's the Baltimore Ravens, would tie technically for the AFC North, as we discussed in our first hour. If you missed it, hit the rewind. Maddie's got you covered on the uh, podcast. Russell and Medhurst, the Team980.com. We broke it all down. Basically, we decided they should flip a Pop-Tart in the air and decide who's going to get home field advantage, if and if, only if. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Cincinnati Bengals, or I should say, yes, beat the Cincinnati Bengals and win the AFC North. All of that available for you. Odyssey Rewind feature and the Caps back home tonight after a 6-2 win in Columbus last night for the Nashville Predators. You can hear it, 106.7 The Fan and the Odyssey app starting at 645, and that's what's trending. Final segment of the regular season. I might even throw a prediction in there after Chris tells us mm. who Friday's Dum Dum of the Day is. It's time for Dum Dum of the Day on Russell and Medhurst. Not much like the commander season, the soundboard there was in stall mode. <laughs> it was stuck in the mud for a second. I wasn't sure if we were going to make it. All right, here we go. Here we go. Dateline, Arizona. Raul Mena. Or Mena. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. M-E-N-A. Mena? Mena? I'm not sure. He's already been convicted of sexual conduct with a minor, along with other offenses. But because, of course, we have the justice for criminals system, and because, of course, we just let criminals roam free and do whatever they want and hurt people again, you know, drive drunk, give them licenses, give them operating motor vehicles, let them have fun, party, you know, because we don't want to be too mean. We want to make sure everybody has fun in this society. Because of that, Mr. Menya was arrested once again this week for exposing himself to three females. Where? Tell us. At the Bikini Beans (laughs) Coffee Shop in Arizona. No. Yes. Yes. So 24-year-old Raul Menya placed an order at the restaurant's drive-thru. You know, like we do at, you know, McDonald's or any uh, drive-thru or what have Duncan. you. Uh, Duncan. Duncan. I go like there. you do yeah, Absolutely. Day. Pretty much every morning. Uh, did not go, though, this morning. I was running late. And so he placed the order <clears throat> at the restaurant's drive-thru. When he pulled around, he didn't just pull out a 20 from his pocket. Nope. <laughs> Want to guess what he pulled out as well? He pulled out a straw. <laughs> Well, maybe it was a straw. Maybe it was a thicker straw. I don't know. With a couple of onions attached to it. I'm not sure. But he alleged, allegedly, showed his genitalia to the drive-thru window employee. The male alleged victim, uh, according to Goodyear police in the charging documents, got her attention, gave her a $20 bill, When she went to reach out to grab the $20 bill, she observed his penis (laughs) exposed and out of his pants. 
Then he's proud of it. <laughs> it's an orgy in the end zone. <laughs> Here you go. Then the, the, the drive-through. The employee then told two of her co-workers about the situation. She said, hey, come look at this. <laughs> well, and then they, <laughs> this is the best part. They went to investigate and they saw said, the yes. same thing. What? Yes. I can confirm it is a flange. <laughs> then Mr. Mania left the scene, drove off, but they were able to track him through his license plate because, well, duh, there's surveillance footage everywhere. They arrested him a mile away and charged him with indecent exposure. So, for that reason, you, sir, are very unspecial and silly. You are a silly goose. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. It's closer than you think on Sunday. Howell looks like an NFL quarterback, but Dallas wins. I went with 37-10, wow. I think it was, on my podcast. Thrashing. Or something like that. Rooster listen, calling for a thrashing. Yeah, listen to Locked On Commander's podcast if you really care and want to know the actual uh, number. But it was like 37-7, 37-10. I think it's going to be ugly. I think the scene is going to be ugly. I don't think Sam Howell is going to play great against that pass rush. And with this offensive line, uh, it, is going to be, it is going to be a carnage show. Dak for the Burgundy a- Pick six, but Dallas still wins 27-21. There you go. Dallas still wins. Can't pick Washington to win this week. I hope they win. I'm rooting for them to win. I want Sam Howell to be great so we can stop this carousel of quarterbacks. Sam Howell can be great, just please lose. There you go. So Rooster can pick 10. (laughs) Just remember, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmitz on the offensive line. That's one of the names I'll be talking about over the next few weeks. Oh, I, I, I can't wait to bust out that song. Every Here we time, go. Every time you mention that name, John Jacob Jingle Hummerschmitz. All right. His name is my name, too. You guys have a super-duper weekend. As always, we appreciate you because there is no us without you all. For Maddie, for Rooster, stay tuned. Doc, toothpicks in the building And Linnell. Well. And Linnell Willingham. You got a trio of doom right there. 301-230-0980. Give them your attention coming up on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.